Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. What does it take to be a real outdoorsman, a real cowboy, a real just adventurer? Well, now you don't have to worry about it anymore. You can really find out with Buckaroo Bites. Leftover meal bits like smashed into little bite-sized cubes for your deliciousness and appetite. If you can down them, your pants, they won't brown them. Hey, hey, B&B family, this is Derek, and with me today is the only man who compares his bladder leak to that of a camelback bladder, Carl Mandrioli. Mm. Still pretty bad, huh, buddy? Uh, not there yet. Not there in life yet. Yeah. Probably right. a couple years away. A couple years away. A couple years away, yeah. yeah. With me today is, is Derek Somerville, a man who has one of the worst jobs in the world. He just got hired on as a porch pirate. Again with the porch pirate? What do you mean? Again? You, you brought this up in like season three or four. What are you? Porch pirate. What's your favorite thing that you found in a box? There's nothing I found because I don't okay. look for it. Okay. You're the one. The you're, you are the one wearing the eye patch, not me. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I do want to talk about your uh, your fake advertisement there. So what was that called again? Buckaroo bites. Everybody. Buckaroo bites. You said uh, if you can down them, your pants won't brown them. <laughs> well, it was mo- mainly I should have said your pants. You won't brown them. That was that would have been better emphasis. That, I think that was your best one. That was your best. You know, I, I aim to please. Yeah. I aim to please. Well done. So, well thank you. Speaking of bad things, this episode's about worse, and mm. hopefully things we can take away and learn from them. And we decided to partner with Trust the Trail, the the podcast some of you folks already listened to. Maybe some of you haven't. So we had uh, Scott on from Trust the Trail for this episode. Indeed. Indeed we did, yeah. And uh, we ha- we did not have Ariane on. She was not available. So is this because of you, you think? Probably. Um, I forgot the deodorant. So, mm. um, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm working on it. Our Bible verse for the episode, 2 Timothy 3.13. But evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Ooh. Okay, sounds sounds kind of bad right there. So this episode is trying to avoid things that go from bad to worse. So when you think of something that's the worst, like what comes to mind, what do you think of? Your intros. <sighs> I know, right? Okay. You talking about the buff or the aqua clip. I hope okay. we don't hear about that this episode. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes on the trail, like, you know, when you have something go wrong and then you're, you know, when something goes wrong on the trail, you have to obviously stay calm, deal with it. But then right. when you have a maybe a, a hiking mate that's negative or, you know, complaining about it, it just makes things so much worse. So your worst is like complainers, basically. I don't like complainers. I mean, there's frustrations that will come out, but right. Um, yeah, that just is hard. Mm. That's for me. But I don't where, know. where in your world 
do you encounter the most complainers? On this podcast. But I, I think um, I've only had it happen. Thankfully, we have a pretty good group, but it's only happened a few times on the trail. But okay. I think just, you know, you encounter people in your life and right. you it's just, you know, these are people you don't really want to spend too much time with, sadly. But right. I'm with the complainers for sure. I don't think they're, they're the worst because I think people complain nonstop. But I hear you on the trail. They are bad to have. So we're going to talk about some We got different categories we're going to hit. And we're going to hear from Scott and uh, kind of share our own thoughts as well. So without further ado, here is Scott from Trust the Trail. So we are here, uh, Backpacking and Blisters podcast Hello. with Scott from Trust the Trail. How's it going today? Good, man. Good to be with you guys. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah, we got like a dual podcast going. We did this a couple years ago. It's been a while, right? It has been a while, yeah. Absolutely. What's new and exciting with Trust the Trail? Uh, well, we have been, uh, I feel like I've gotten to know the the inner sanctions of the United States in a personal way. I think we have traveled. Oh my God. I can't remember where we were when we did the podcast, but we God, I've been through Wisconsin, Oklahoma, Kansas, Arizona. And then we were in four months, we were up in Montana, mm. uh, which was yeah. really interesting because the part of Montana we were in was Yellowstone. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Great. But we weren't in Yellowstone. We were, in a small little town called Cook City, Montana. Okay. Nice. Uh, the population there was 72 people. Well, 74 with you guys, right? Jeez. <laughs> oh, 74. Right. 72 locals. 73 now, Se- officially, since Ariana's still up there. Yeah, there you go. And just to clarify, when you say Yellowstone, you're talking about Yellowstone National Park. You're not talking about Yellowstone, the ranch owned by Kevin Costner. Right. I was going to ask that. Yeah. No, this would be Yellowstone National Park, although okay. it would be really yeah. cool to spend four months there also. But, yeah, it was the National Park. Yeah, well, okay. it looks like a dangerous ranch. Just, just yeah. Yeah. Some bad things happen <laughs> on that ranch. A lot of shootings. <laughs> Buckle up. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of shootings. That's of right. Shoot. you got to come prepared. Yeah. Longer gear list for that trip. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, so... So Derek and I are the, my name's Carl, Derek and I are the hosts for the Backpacking Blisters podcast if you're um, new to our show, and we're just happy to, yeah, kind of go back and forth, um, sharing kind of our thoughts and opinions about different things. We we titled this uh, something on the lines of like the worst blank. And then and then fill in the blank for the situation. <laughs> and fill in the blank for the situation. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so we got some different categories, and yeah, it's interesting to hear different people's takes, and you know, we always like to hear stories and experiences other folks have, and hopefully... Ours will be different for for your show. You actually share with me. You had an interesting interesting story for the worst trail or trail experience that you've ever had, um, Scott. So what what did you have? What was that? That was somewhere in like Illinois or something. Yeah. So um, and you know I, I would kind of uh, say that you know, no trail is ever like it's never the worst trail. However, there are different times when you know, you say to yourself, man, I, I maybe, maybe I shouldn't be here right now, or maybe this was a bad, this was a mm. bad day to hike this trail. I, I remember coming off the Appalachian trail and, uh, I spent, oh man, maybe like four or five months just, I mean, I, I didn't know what to do with myself. I'm mean, like, I was just, I didn't know what to do. I was, I was looking for anything to, to, to do or to hike, to get back out there. Uh, just by happenstance, I just okay. find this Illinois River to River Trail in the Shawnee National Forest. Now, keep in mind, I was in Chicago, and you know, there's not a lot of backpacking options in Chicago unless you drive to get out of the city, right? So I'm like, Shawnee National Forest, that sounds good. It's a 186 mile trail. Boom, I'll go down there and just knock that out. 
and you know spend a couple weeks down there just to you know just to go hiking and exploring and um sounded so easy it always does it always <laughs> does it always does it sounded so simple right. that's like famous last words right there when you're hiking just another just over this hill yeah <laughs> no right so i i sent in for the guidebook and so i get the guidebook and i'm doing a little little a little plan and prayer uh, prepare but not really much because you know you know for me 186 miles after off getting off the at like it just didn't seem like it was going to be that hard and the first thing i noticed is the guidebook is backwards like in code maybe <laughs> yeah, like the yeah. writing was back from right to left is what you're yeah saying. but upside down it, it's like <laughs> you almost like huh. needed to stand on your head read the guidebook backwards upside down to make sense of right it sounds like whoever made them just needs help learning how to work a copy machine or was <laughs> or highly dyslexic i i'm not really sure right. but he it was just everything was backwards but hey man i appreciate the work he did it was cool get the book drive down there I notice when I get when I start doing the trail, trail signs or trail markers on the trees for the same trail. And after reading the guidebook, he had said, "Well, we've changed trail markers a little bit or trail symbols, and over the years, and some of them are older than others. Well, older than others, oh, there goodness. were like four or five of them, and they were all different, and they were all on different trees, and they were all on different trails." So you're definitely not trusting this trail, is what you're saying. I was not trusting the trail. And nice, nice, Derek. You're welcome. So anyway, um, long story short, I, I, I do like a 12-mile day, and I go through Giant City State Park, which is really nice, really a nice right, state right. park. I think one of the oldest ones in Illinois. And um, I make it to this place called Panther Den Wilderness. Now, I didn't know Illinois had a wilderness area. It's a very – it's a very – cool name like why panther den why why not i, mean, I don't know if you want to find that out you know what's coming yeah but in illinois you know i mean right. i could see panther in some other states but illinois i don't i don't see illinois as a big panther hangout place you know? <laughs> what, what do you imagine like what are the wild animals in illinois like a lot of wild chickens or what are you what are you thinking here beavers it's beavers maybe like a raccoon a raccoon could scratch your eyes out. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, that makes sense. But not not a lot of uh, you know flesh eating animals. <laughs> flesh eating, I think. You know. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, so panther den. You get in a panther den, and it was just really eerie. It was really quiet. Creepy. Nobody was there. They had all these like little hang caves that you could kind of camp under, and it was hmm. just okay. the most eerie place. And you were by yourself, I was right? By myself, which makes it more eerie. And it was just yeah. like there, were, and the, the like the wind wasn't blowing. Mm. It was just everything was just everything like had stopped. Right? Would you would you like manifest panther sounds in your own head? You know, like oh, I heard a growl, or I heard no. A... But thank God I had not seen the Blair Witch Project before <laughs> I had yeah, done this what, because what I would have looked for like stick figures up in the trees. Oh, you goodness. know, it was yeah. that kind of place. Yeah. And I think that was like the worst. I think that was like the worst. And I still think about that. I still get freaked out about that. That Panther done. The takeaways I have from that, though, there's a couple things you said that I want to I want to highlight or one thing in particular. So you mentioned that you said it was a 186 mile trail, which you didn't think would be that hard. So <laughs> you I think <laughs> you live in a fitness realm that is different from Derek and I and a lot of folks out there, because when I think of a 186 mile trail, I think. That's a big trail. That's a big trail. Yeah. Well, it was in Illinois yeah. too. So I'm okay. like, I didn't think Illinois had a lot of mountains. They do have some hills down in in, uh, in southern Illinois, but you know, after 
you know, after you're done the AT. Comparatively, right. You know, I had just gotten off the AT. So, I, I, you know, I was really I was in great shape. Right. I think walking up the stairs right now would probably, I'd consider that a mountain. Right. But back then, <laughs> it was completely For different. Sure. Mm. Uh, the other thought I had, too, was like Derek's making fun of the guidebook author. I think Derek might underestimate the complexities of a copy machine because I definitely had challenges there where, you know, you just put one copy in and it jams up immediately. That's, well, you know, we all have our challenges and those are simple ones for you, but I think it's... Well, for me, so you th- you're saying that everybody else out there, fellow adventurers out there, you're saying that they do not struggle with cod machines. Right? I think you're putting those words in my mouth. I'm going to take them back out, <laughs> throw them in the trash. Uh, I'm saying copiers can be challenging for certain types of people, and you're, you're one of those certain people. Certain types of people. Okay, I think um, everybody has had the cod machine at work that's constantly I'm going to guess that Scott is like 98% successful with the copier. Other than until you start uh, the automatic feeder. That's where things go wrong with me. That, exactly. Automatic feeder, when it sucks the yeah. paper in, it just jams it up, and then you take the paper out, and it leaves that little bit of piece in there, and then it's broken. Like, this sounds like a out. whole other podcast episode right yeah, here. Yeah, we're going to do... Sometimes the paper doesn't even come out. It just goes in right. there, and, like, into the abyss of copy machines. So, yeah, yeah, it you know, opening up the lid, putting it down, and then you got to line it up, and then, you know, God right. forbid it's like an 11 by, you know... It, it, it's 11 by 12 or it's other than 8 by 10 and yeah it, it can become a nightmare i just go to office max and cry and have them do it these all seem we're like personal do... problems I don't, really, I don't really care about <laughs> we're gonna do our next episode will be on how to use a copy machine so we'll, we'll cover that but derek what's your worst trail experience worst trail immediately comes to mind um it was in it was in uh yosemite and it's near a lake called Gravel Pit Lake. Mm. Um, and we it was it was a long day. I think I broke off from the group. We were having there there was some uh, not bickering. There was some just like in conversations going on between people. I'm like I, I don't really want to be around these conversations. So was it about cop machines? It was about copy machines okay. and solar panels. No, um, <laughs> no. So I was like, you know, this is a good opportunity to go on a little solo hike. So I, I peeled off ahead. I went a couple miles ahead and there was only really one spot to camp before the end of the trail. So I found this lake, it's called Gravel Pit Lake with the, the junction and I stopped there and lo and behold, I realized um, there was probably like every mosquito on the planet at this junction. So right. I ended up on the trail in the fetal position, trying to cover my face from mosquitoes, putting my jacket over my 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 body essentially they were in my nose my ears my mouth like everywhere and for those new to our show derek laying on the trail in the fetal position is not actually that uncommon it's not um when you listen to carl's jokes regularly it makes you want to cry so that was the biggest issue um we eventually found a campsite and started a fire got rid of the mosquitoes but it was it was like a blanket it was like locusts but in the form of mosquitoes you know how locusts come in like billions and trillions um, the water <laughs> supply is another issue was it was like a what would you call it like a still bog with like peat moss everywhere or and, and lily pads and frogs doing things that were inappropriate in this bog <laughs> like going to the bathroom going to the bathroom and then and then we're like this is the only water source here so we're like well we're really going to test out these filters today and thankfully they did a pretty good job but it was just it was just not a fun experience. It was just yeah. not an enjoyable trail. It wasn't hard. It was flat, but it was just, it was just really miserable. How did the mosquitoes taste? I mean, were they, were they crunchy? Oh. <laughs> they were kind of, they were kind of gummy. Gotcha. I'm not gonna lie, they were kind of gummy. I think that's because you know, I, I I found a couple in my teeth once the fire got going. So that was, 
just unnecessary, but right. um, n- definitely not a place I want to go back to. Yeah, when you're flossing out mosquitoes, you're probably in a bad spot. It was, but, it was pretty gross. Yeah. And, and, and who names the trail the Gravel Pit Trail? Good question. Because it's, yeah. I mean, how lazy can you be? Uh, that's a gravel pit down there. What kind of trail you want to name it? We'll just gravel pit. Right. Just, it's, just, we'll just do it there. Like, just yeah. take take an extra five seconds and think of something better. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So, um, th- I think, and when you say that the water filtration was pretty good, like nobody got sick. I think what you're referring to is if you've ever filtered water where you know you, it's gone through the filter and it still kind of tastes a little yucky. Funky. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. kind of what it was. But nobody got sick. Thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. What about? Uh, yeah. Let's go with. Once we've got, I got all sorts of categories here. What about your f- kind of worst dinner or trail food experience, Scott? What do you have for that one? Oh, man. Um, well, it, it probably was very early on when I was um, backpacking. Um, uh, you know, for some reason, like when you're new to backpacking, you think you, you know, you have to buy freeze-dried food. So you go out and you buy all this mountain house stuff. And, you know, thank God there's so much more to choose from now but you know 2002 there wasn't a lot of choices right, right when right, i was right. uh, hiking they t- when i i hiked the smokies uh through the smokies and i thought well if i was gonna if i was gonna make it through the smokies i was gonna make the decision to hike the at and so as i was in the smokies i made myself they had uh, mountain house they had uh, the powdered eggs the you know and, and back then it was just eggs it didn't even it didn't even add any bacon bits there was nothing it was just i'm already getting nauseous but keep going <laughs> it was just it was, it was just the, the package was eggs okay sounds like a winner sounds like a winner what what else are you gonna have for breakfast i guess you know like granola or you know back then you know right not oatmeal so yeah (laughs) oatmeal so i opened that up and i ate like maybe two spoon spoonfuls and that i was it that was done i mean i got sick it all came up to this day that is still the worst you're better than that meal i have ever eaten on the trail and you'll never forget it. I'm curious, um, Carl. I think what is your, what's your grossest meal? Didn't you like well, for- eat a dead animal or something? <laughs> <laughs> Not intentionally. Yeah, all these mosquitoes and bugs. Yeah, no, but but yeah, I, I'm with you on the freeze dry stuff. I do at least, Derek, and I do think that the freeze dry stuff has gotten better over the years. And there's a lot. It has. It has. Like the peak refuels, we like a lot of those. And what is a packet packet gourmet packet yeah. gourmet? So we, we like some of that stuff. But um, I did. Tr- I try to try new stuff on the trail. I try to try. I don't that it wasn't well, try to try. try to try. I Good. attempt to try new stuff on the trail every trip just to see if I can find kind of a new staple that's going to go with me. And so this is just from a couple months ago. Uh, we got a Sierra, or it used to be called Sierra Trading Post, near our house, and they so they sell kind of like discounted gear and food and that kind of thing. So I, I got this brand freeze dry called Readywise. Ooh. And uh, it was spicy noodles. Yikes. Ready wise spicy noodles. And I, so I thought, I was like, or spicy Asian noodles, something like that. Sounded good. So I cooked that up night one and it tasted just like, just like kind of like raw noodles. They just kind of poured a bunch of chili powder on basically. <laughs> like it was just tasty. Yeah, yeah. Not even salted or anything. And I took a couple bites and I just said, I can't. I just can't eat Couldn't this. do it. Yeah. So I'm yeah. going to tell you what I did, and, and then you two can give me feedback whether this is appropriate or not. But we'll ju- we're going to judge you. Yeah. I didn't want to carry it out. So uh, because, you know, it's, it's hydrated now, so now it's got the water content, and I, I'm not looking to carry extra weight. Mm-hmm. So we, we, I, I, I prefer to say we, but it was really it's sa- it's safer. It was really <laughs> safer to say we. Yeah. <laughs> I dumped it into the campfire and burned it up that way. Is that is that okay to do? 
I mean, I can't say. Well, Scott, why don't you answer that first? Well, <laughs> I, I would say this <laughs> is that if you were in bear country, it was okay for you, but it probably wasn't okay for the next person that came to the campground. You think that you think spicy noodle ashes are going to attract bears? That's a great question. I'm, so I just watched this. I just being in Yellowstone for four months. I watched a lot of Yellowstone documentaries, right? Because, you know, I wanted to know, right? I wanted okay. to know the area. They had a documentary. They had this scene where a, a grizzly bear could smell bison that was dead underneath the frozen water. Mm. And so this grizzly bear comes down this mountain, right? Goes to this this pond that's covered in ice. Right. Breaks the ice and pulls that bison out of the water. How, how thick is the ice, you think? The, according to Yellowstone Rangers, bears can smell, I mean, feet underneath the ice. Hmm. Not mm. inches, but feet. Okay. And this big, this big grizzly. So I would imagine, I mean, bears can smell stuff 20 miles away. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, when you think, it's not going to happen or you think you've covered i i think bears have in, they live in a whole different <laughs> man, they're right, in a whole right. different world to huh. smell than we are for sure I, I think my answer is a little more simplistic i think i've i've learned that uh bears don't really enjoy uh, chinese food so um <laughs> they're more into you know american burgers and whatnot like paleo diet paleo diet they have a real <laughs> pescatarian a panda would enjoy chinese food Oh, Panda would love Chinese food. <laughs> the occasional bear I've seen eat sushi, so I think he might, you know, I think he might be able to get away with it, uh, depending on how much spice, what type of spice was on that. So right. if there was any like wonton or, 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 or fortune cookies nearby, he's in trouble probably. But mm. um, yeah, I think you're okay. I think you're okay. Just okay. burn it up. Which would be ironic if a bear opened up a fortune cookie and it said, you should not eat fish. I mean, that would be, that would be terrible. <laughs> I would say burn up the food and then pee on the fire after that to mark your territory and then you'll be good okay that's fair i don't i, I would just say just to clarify i was not the only person that had that reaction to food that night and so lots of food got burned up in the fire but it got hmm. mixed in with the ashes and we had a thorough thorough a thorough fire is that fair to say did you pee on the fire uh i don't know that, that happened that's your you mistake were, you were on that trip sorry buddy no i would have peed okay i would have peed all right well speaking of um yeah peeing on the fire and those types of decisions i got a category here worst backpacking companion of all time and we don't need to name names here but um like what does it what does it mean to you derek to have a bad backpacking companion what does it mean to me it yeah, means, what does that, what does that conjure up it means thoughts? that it's gonna be a rough trip uh, obviously um but what does that look like i think it's one one thing that makes it rough is like it's when the conversation is dry when there's nothing like this person does not want to engage you want to be entertained i need entertainment um yeah. russell crowe was right so i think that having somebody you can chat with or or just that doesn't take themselves too seriously that you know you can joke around play a game they're just flexible i think that's that's huge and it's ideal to have like to me at least like three or four people minimum but all right so you don't have have anybody in particular thinking of you're just kind of going more general well obviously you're annoying but i stick i put up with you um (laughs) okay but other than what's it like to go backpacking with both of you straining draining (laughs) for others draining for others no no um i think it's fun i mean we have people that want to go with us but i think that um Hopefully we're entertaining. I think we're pretty we're pretty go with the flow. I think we're both very good at like when things just 
go wrong that we we kind of enjoy that we kind of enjoy the challenge of like figuring out what to do so mm, depends depends on yeah. how much food carl's eaten that's true right um and if his shoulders are bothering him so i think that uh just mainly the company i think um has to be positive and flexible okay. otherwise it's just bleh. I, I'm gotcha. just picturing you both standing around the campfire peeing on your food after you've thrown it in the campfire. Oh, it happens. So, <laughs> I mean, not on the campfire. Um, the fresh food. The fresh food. <laughs> that's the scene. That's the takeaway from this this episode. That's that's good. That's what we're after. Uh, <laughs> I, can, I feel like I can get past this. I, I'm a good sleeper, so I feel like I can get past the snoring. Well, no, it's not. It's not always the snore. Although the snore does make things a little bit, you know, aggravating. I guess when, you know, you're trying to get some rest, you're trying to, and, and it's not the snore, it's the early to bed snore, you know, where you're still kind of like the immediate like, snore, you're still kind of up and maybe you kind of like took an extra 30 minutes around the campfire or, you know, whatever, whatever that mm. point is. And, but the, the person that you're hiking with goes to bed like at eight o'clock and at eight Oh one, they're in full snore mode. Oh, that's and so rough. you hear them yeah. before you even get into your sleeping bag right 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 um and you're like oh god this is gonna be like but i think more than that i think i i think uh when you go with a group of people um that like you're right they don't have any kind of sense of humor they don't mm -hmm. they're they're mm -hmm. so nervous or they're like what's that noise I don't know. I don't well, know I've, what the, I know. Like, did you hear that sound? Did he? Did, right. There's some. There's skittish. An they're there. very skittish. Yeah, and if they, and if they're not, and the trail has it this way of bringing out the vulnerable sides of people, or it, it usually does. And so I think when you are with people that just are like closed up, they want to talk about things. It can be make the, it just makes the trip a lot longer. So that's good. I like. So there was one. We actually did an episode a while back on like backpacking inventions. And I think we called it like backpacking. Shirt oh, right, right, right. Things yeah. that should happen or like if we could invent something, this is what we invent. And we thought it'd be cool to come up with some sort of like a phone app that basically answers that question. What's that noise? And then you kind of like <laughs> hold it up and you're like, oh, that's just a little squirrel running around or that's a bear chomping on your food or whatever it is. You know? <laughs> so it uh, hasn't happened yet. But you know what? If anyone wants to take that idea, then you have full license to do so. Free. Free. Free of charge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Could you make things up? Like, could you, could, could that is, so it's a, it's a voice app where it actually talks to you like Siri, where you can say, Siri, what's that noise? And then it would. <laughs> yeah. See, now you're, you're making it better than we had. That's She'll be like, it's a deer gnawing on the salt up your backpack, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. No, I would love to do the recordings for the app. I would love to give the answer. So, oh, yeah. Siri, what's that noise? Okay. And your answer would be like, Run, yeah. my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Run, my friend. <laughs> Flee. Yeah. Flee. Or, or calm down the other way. Like, calm down. It's just the leaves rustling. It's just a black bear, not a grizzly. Right. <laughs> no, no. Or it's like, you've lived a good life. And then that's the end. That's it. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's Sounds like you might be the person to make this happen. We just lost millions of dollars. Right. Sort of, yeah. right. Go for it. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so, okay. I got let's a question. Do, let's, let's do one more category. Okay, one more category. Okay, Carl, here's a question. Um, what's the worst piece of gear you've ever used or had oh, on the trail? Yeah, we've talked a lot about gear that we love and gear that we think should not exist on our show. And uh, this is tough because it's, it's probably between two. We is it we? It's probably more I again. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm not a big fan of the buff or the aqua clip. Oh, so, boy. that's two, but okay. Yeah, so I got to choose between these two. I guess I got to go with the aqua clip. That's okay. Scott, are you familiar with the aqua clip? Yeah. Do you yeah. use one? No. 
Okay, so I'm not going to offend not, you. I'll probably offend somebody out there. I mean, but, you did use it wrong the first time you used it, though, right? Yeah, so, it didn't come okay. with directions, but yeah. So, you, so it just clips onto the water bottle, and then you clip it onto you know your shoulder strap so you have easier access. So the idea behind it is actually really good, but the way that it plays out is it just is a really clunky thing that's kind of dangling on your shoulder strap. And so I bent down to examine a Sasquatch carcass that we came across on one trip. And as I bent down, the water bottle popped off of the shoulder strap into the carcass, rendering it like not usable for the rest of the trip. Alleged Sasquatch carcass, alleged. Thank you. Just so you know. Yeah. And so, so I'm going to go with, yeah, a piece of gear that's meant to kind of make things more efficient, but actually ended up making things worse. That's my answer. That's a very thorough. Um, Thank you. Aqua clip. Got Aqua it. Clip. Okay. Yeah. Um, Scott, what you got? Interesting. Oh, man. Um, I think the gear that I hate failing the most is probably a, a clip on a backpack um so you guys remember go light oh yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. They, they make some good oh, and yeah. really bad stuff at the same time a- absolutely well you know go light went out of business he reinvented uh that the same brand or the same gear with my trail man oh man uh, it, it was i used that i used his backpack f- you know because i had a go light for years it was a great winter mm-hmm. pack by the way way ahead of its time in the lightweight uh backpacking stuff but when i went back to my trail i mean i couldn't do two or three miles for with that chest strap just breaking oh it just broke just broke okay it kept on coming undone over Uh, and over and that would be annoying over again and um when i think of like you know like the worst gear or just gear that i just want i but by the time i was done with that trail i think i was doing I don't know, like about 12 miles. Uh, we ended up at the uh, at some kind of hostel or something over there. I threw the backpack away. Oh. <laughs> and it wasn't breaking. It was just coming unbuckled. Huh. Gotcha. That's interesting. It's yeah. like a manufacturing issue, we, I feel like. Yeah. I bought, well, yeah, I bought a Golite um, like hydration pack years and years ago. And the way that the tube came out of the pack was at such a weird angle that it kinked the hose. And so you couldn't actually mm. drink the water out of the pack. Mm. And then, but it was, I bought it based on a recommendation from Backpacker Magazine who said like, this is a good water pack. And then I realized that a lot of those recommendations were simply just advertisements. And so I kind of learned my lesson, I think from from that. And now I, don't, I just don't trust that magazine anymore. Do, so. you, do you use that backpack still? No? I think no, I think I, I think I bought it at REI, and so I returned it, mm-hmm. and I returned it with a disgusted look on my face, like, as as you should. Like, take this back and don't sell it to anybody else. <laughs> How dare you? How dare yeah, you? Yeah. that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, do you have one? I got one. It's a, it's an easy one. It's the camel the camelback uh, water bladder. I mean, oh, you're not strong enough to open it. Is what you're saying? No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, no, I put it in my backpack. It, it seemed sealed. It seemed fine. I would hang it upside down. I squeezed it. Everything looked great. Throw it in the backpack, walk about two miles. Everything in the pack was wet. Right. Um, so you're not strong enough to close it. You know, strength is irrelevant. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, it should easily close for an old lady. And uh, clearly I have either that strength or similar. So, no, it was just Making like. fun of old lady's strength? Wow. I'm comparing wow. them to. You, you got to listen uh, better. Um, so, yeah, I think that I, that happened mm. on. I gave it another chance, which was foolish. I did it on two trips and I was like. The same thing happened on both trips. Made everything difficult. Everything is wet. Water was hard to now like have and drink because of the stinking bladder. So 
I, I hate it. I just hate it. Was that the so, big screw? So like it was the had the big mouth to it, and you had to kind of right. You, you had to be like right. a NASA scientist to screw the lid. I know back it yeah. through. I know. Yeah. yeah those yeah. did leak. A, those did leak a lot. Um, for it was sure. terrible. Hundred percent. So never again. And and the, the 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 amount of plastic they use on those caps there, plus just the bladder itself, they actually weigh. They're, they're almost like Nalgene bottle weight on that. <laughs> six ounces six of plastic ounce, right. for one cap yeah right right so you no know, i had a, I had, a, right. I had a backpack that was um a bunch of us had gone backpacking the the big lesson is never never put water in your platy this is when i was using a platy and throw it in the car first oh Ooh. right 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 and so i my my pack was on the bottom and you know we're getting ready to go and we're hiking and these two girls are behind me and I could feel, <laughs> I could feel what I could feel liquid dropping <laughs> on my calf. Oh, that's not what you want. And <laughs> at, at the first thing I thought of was like, well, here I go. I've reached that age now where, you know, I can no longer, <laughs> my bladder is just, it's just going. And <laughs> I, without even turning around, I asked one of the girls, hey, um, I can feel liquid on my leg. What's dripping? And she was like, it looks like your water platy. I'm like, oh, thank God. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so, yeah, really? it, it was the old platypus that actually, you know, I'd filled it up too platypus. much. And the seam actually, it split the seam. And really? Was, yeah, that was the only time. But if, you know, I mean, you put that much weight, your platys fall, you know, and it's, a, yeah. you know, it's, it's just physics. Something it's just, it's just annoying because it's like such an important piece of equipment. Well, yeah, because you wreck other stuff, right? So. Yeah. I had one with a platypus, and I haven't used it since. As a result, is um, I think I left it like in the car or something in Colorado, and so it, the water froze up. But it froze up in such a weird way that it made the ice, I guess, relatively sharp. And so just moving it around punctured the platypus, the ice inside. Oh, and yeah. so I just thought that's not what you want either. So anyway, no. so I've gone with a different brand, but um, that's kind of part of our yeah. Part of my quest is to find mm. the best water reservoir op option out that's lightweight uh, that doesn't have a leaky bite valve that works the search continues it does it does so i think there's some takeaways though from this episode we learned some some food not to buy we learned some trails to avoid we learned some gear to avoid and we learned uh, the types of people that derek wants to uninvite on a backpacking trip so yeah right I, I think I've learned to definitely bring my camera when I go backpacking with you guys for the whole campfire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, no idea. Carl finds so many fake things on the trail that he thinks are real. It's like, you know, just Sasquatch carcasses. Yeah, you know. yeah. we, yeah, our, our group and our trips are typically disasters waiting to happen. So that's probably a fair <laughs> assessment is bring a camera so you can capture that. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Scott, this has been awesome, man. We just appreciate you joining our show and, um, all the uh, stories you have and the tips and wisdom and sense of humor, man. So really appreciate it. Real, yeah, it was a yeah. pleasure. Always a pleasure. The dual show. Well, I appreciate you guys, um, you know, reaching out again. Um, I love your show. Uh, keep up the good work. You know, the, the, you. the cool thing about, you know, backpacking with friends and, uh, you know, people that you meet along the trail is that, yeah, you know, the funny stories always end up later when you can kind of, you know, oh, yeah. sit back and think about it. But the the, you know, the, right. the more important thing is that you're going out there. I mean, nothing's ever going to go right. You know, I mean, and when right, it does right, go right. right for me, when everything's perfect, quite frankly, I get a little disappointed. 
because right <laughs> because like oh my god that was so beautiful and you know like wild horses came up to me and i rode one and it was like i walked into <laughs> you know rode off in the sunset and i mean like but but wild there's really horses. no i mean yeah that's great and that's what everybody wants when they go out there but the truth of the matter is it's much better when you know a wild horse horses you know come stram you know stampede through your campsite or you know like you didn't see that coming or whatever that is that's where i think backpacking and going out in nature and kind of like you know telling mother nature like bring it on man bring it on all right, so thank you again to Scott from Trusted Trail. We really yes. appreciate it. We did a dual episode, so he's actually releasing, you know, that portion of the show on his podcast, and we Indeed. are obviously releasing it here because that's how you're listening to it. So yeah, yeah. So thanks again to Scott, and yeah, we hope to connect with him again for sure. That was yeah, wonderful. He's, he's always a lot of fun wonderful. to have. Wonderful. Yeah. We got trivia coming up. The worst trivia. Right after this. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, so here we go, Derek. Okay. Uh, worst trivia, so bad things, worst things, I don't know. Okay. Right. All the above. Yeah. All right, everyone, rank the following companions Ooh. from bad to worse. All right, these are companions that have been... Uh, we've experienced before and probably continue yeah. to experience. Okay. So we got the flake, somebody who flakes on you kind of days before the trip. You know, you're planning on them coming, you account mm. for them, accommodate this and that, and then they're just like, yeah, I just can't make it for whatever reason. Somebody who gets car sick and then asks to go home a couple hours into the drive. Just, mm. They just can't handle it. Okay. 
Somebody who needs significant help carrying their own gear on the trail for whatever reason. Significant. What do you mean by significant? significant? Meaning just like, you know, you're you're taking their personal things off of them and putting them into your own pack. Hmm. Not group gear, like their personal items, whether it's clothing, whether hmm. it's underwear, whether it's toilet paper. Okay. Uh, and this is ranking according to your rules or your experiences or, or mine? Because I feel yeah, like there's no, no, no wrong answer. 100% subjective, but there is a right answer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and here we go. Um, okay, I think the from the okay the the least worst, the least bad, the least impactful. Yeah. Um, to me is somebody. To me, it's like somebody getting car sick and asking to go home a couple hours into the drive. I know that's annoying, mm-hmm. but I feel like I'd rather. And you're going to lose time on your trip, which is really annoying for sure. But I think I'd rather have that happen than get there and have them get on the trail and then tell me that. Mm-hmm. Because we had that experience happen. Although, I guess it would be their responsibility to leave at that point and you don't have to drive them back. But I feel like that would still be... Wait, if you're if there's one vehicle and let's say you're two hours into the drive and they say... Oh, one vehicle. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah okay. they, they get car sick. Be... So, yeah, I'm sorry. Maybe I should have clarified Okay, that. I might bump that to number two then. Okay. I'm going to say that's number two. Yeah. That's happened to me before because we've actually been in the... Yeah, we've been in, in a situation where we had to return back and then that decision caused others to bail on the trip as right. well. Yeah. Like just on the driving portion. Like a domino effect. It was. Yeah. <laughs> so you put that number two. What's your first... I think my least is probably the person who needs, well, hmm. I guess it sounds weird to say this. I was actually going to put this third, but now that I think about it, um, I guess the person who flakes on you a few days before the trip. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I wanted to put this as the worst because it's like, it's it's not fun to go with people who do this because right. you get all excited and, and, um, and all that. But uh, I've been guilty of having to do this, but... It is annoying, but at least it's like you're not on the trail. You're not in the car. Right. I mean, there is, I guess, some saving grace there. Okay. And then probably the worst or the toughest would be somebody who needs you to carry significant stuff. Yeah. I think that um, – now, don't get me wrong. I've had to have some of my stuff being carried, like on my death march and all that. But I think when you're getting to the point where you can't carry your own personal items, you're significantly impacting everybody else in the group, especially you know, if it's later in the trip or, or whatever. But – um, everybody's tired and, and sore probably in their own right. But right. Um, I think that's a lack of, I think it's, I think it, it kind of, fall, the responsibility kind of falls on everybody a little, like the trip planner a little bit. Cause like, should you have gone over the gear list or checked their gear? Is this a person right. you need to do that? Or are they fit enough to go? Are they fit enough to go? Right. right. And then on, on their end, like, you know, um, did they know how much their pack weighed when they, when they put this thing on, you know, right. did they, what do they bring? Well, they do when they're on our trips because we they do them. on our trip. Yeah. Darn yeah. right, bring that scale for sure. Yeah. So that's how I rank them. Um, I'm sure that's 100 percent correct. Okay, <laughs> I usually carry other people's stuff. I'd say like two to three trips per year, I end up with other people's stuff in my pack, or somebody puts a rock in my pack. One of the two. But things. you said significant. Yeah, significant yeah. help. Yeah, this is so. This scenario here is not every year. This, but this has happened multiple times for sure. Yeah. And so the last time I can think of where it was significant, that was when somebody had like a back injury who shouldn't have been on the trip in the first oh, place. Right, so right. actually, that is how I would have ranked them. 
oh. because I would oh. rather return somebody home than carry their stuff on the trail, and I'd rather waste whatever that is four hours. Yeah, and then I'd rather have somebody you know flake on me a couple days before the trip. And if it's for a legit reason, like yeah, totally understandable. But if this is somebody that, where this is kind of a theme here, then they just don't get invited again. So yeah, uh, but I would like to award you not only with the correct wow. answer, but also with the longest answer on a trivia question second, of all time. Second longest. Okay. Um, right. okay, number two. Number two. What is the worst injury to have on the trail? Worst injury: a back. B, knee, mm. C, head, or D, shoulder. Ooh. Yeah. The worst injury to have on the trail. This is not ranking them. This is just what's the worst. Well, I mean, if you had a head injury, you shouldn't even be on the trail, right? So. Well, it happens on the trail. I'm saying these. Oh, it happens on the trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yours is shoulder, obviously. Ah, uh, uh, softball right there. I would see. I, I'm going to say the knee, actually. I'm going to say the knee. Okay. Because uh, I feel like every <laughs> step you take, every step you take, uh, is going to be just complete agony okay on your knee and right. um i've had that happen not not the knee but i think i had a a tendon or a or a ligament or something was sore and every step was just excruciating so okay what if i use the word significant so all of these are significant significant back injury significant knee injury oh, well significant then i'm gonna go back back okay all right but you know if you're just talking in- injury then i'm gonna say yeah. knee. okay uh head injury is the worst to have. If you have a significant head injury, you're at risk for mental incapacitation or something. This is why I said head initially. You shouldn't even be yeah. on the trail. Well, bat, well, that's why I said it happened on the trail. So maybe like, I don't know, you get blunt force trauma from, say, like a boulder got dislodged. A boulder got yeah. dislodged. If a yeah. bol- you're not going to be alive. If a depends boulder. on, I don't want to get too graphic here, but it depends on how it's too late. the story goes down. The yeah. back, I definitely think, is one of the top two. I, I actually had the knee as the third, so uh, either way, you're wrong. So, so back, okay, so, perfect. So two is C head. Three. I already said. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. I give you the. I say C head, and then it's like you did not. This happens on the drill. I I added the word significant to clarify, and you still were unable to get it. Um, these are the worst questions I've ever. Okay. <sighs> you said every single time. Continue. Number three. All right. So now I'm gonna make myself vulnerable here. What am I the worst at? Ooh. Okay. So just details in general. It could be trip details. could be just life details, whatever. Uh, B, trail games. So you could mm. you could say, you know, the bocce ball, the card games, whatever. Uh, C, filtering water. Pretty straightforward there. Or D, accommodating for everyone's needs on and off the trail as oh, it relates geez. to a backpacking trip. What am I the worst at? Oh, this is this is like such a... Okay, okay. I'm going to... I want to say accommodating, but I feel like you do... You try so hard... To accommodate everyone's needs. Tr- does trying on, really matter? Does trying matter? On and off the trail? I mean, off the trail, are you accommodating everybody's needs? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. We. I tried to get people to get their, to their flights on time. You did. And I fail at that. I don't know if you're the worst at that, though. Okay. I, I feel like that's the answer, but I don't... I don't. I, I disagree. I don't know if you're the worst at that. I okay. think all you can do is try, and at some point, it's our responsibility. So, right. uh, trail games, you're like adequate. <laughs> filtering water you are a superstar because nobody wants to do it for you (laughs) details you're good with the details you give us everybody the details so i'm gonna say i'm gonna have to go back to d okay i have to go back to d i'll take it i would i would personally say details like details are a struggle for me i try to be good at them but there's always little things that i miss here and there or yeah just even like like we talked about with the you know 
the gear list is I'm that's the reason why we have a gear list is so that everybody can make we make sure everybody brings stuff but still we have people that don't bring things and then need to borrow or need to you know need to be helped right not like on accident there's times when there's you know where you yeah. saw the gear list you intended to but there's like people that are intentionally not bringing things they, they are choosing not to bring things because they think they don't need them and then they need them but your your detail you know I mean, that's what <clears> I mean like you can't do everything for everybody all the time they they have to have some responsibility, and but yeah. it, what's unfortunate is that then like impacts the trip. The, yeah, and so we've come to the conclusion that a lot of that is just simply don't have that responsibility. That's where the accommodating comes into play, right? Right. So right. yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, I'm gonna barely, pass you on that. Barely passing by the skin of your teeth barely, right there, but success nonetheless. Whoo. Okay. And now, my friend. That's all I got. That'll do it. Uh, we will see you guys next time. Remember, guys, trust the trail, not the copy machines. This is Derek. <laughs> we'll see you on the ne- on the flip side. Uh, so yeah, you know, we were talking about wild horses, and Carl, you know, there was a time where he tried to ride it. Uh, he tried to like we were out on the trail, and he like he ran up to this horse and like jumped on this thing bareback. And uh, but you know, he the horse actually turned around and was like, "Hey, you know, you're making my shoulders really sore. Can you get off?" And P.S. I have more hair than you. Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Four in the morning, Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky.